0: We were talking about bro- the Bro Daddy trailer and Prithiraj doing comedy, but we also can start talking about the movie that we actually we actually watch for this week. Which <laughs> shall we start with that and the mother?
1: sure sure because i I think it would be interesting to i don't i I mean i think i'll have a lot to say about this film but i also want to give more time to talking about the idea of yakshis Mm -hmm. so that's coming up and as usual i'm going to remind people there's spoilers i always forget to do that so like we spoil everything so make sure you watch the films first if you don't want to be spoiled and come back after that oh god i remember to do it this time
0: (laughs) And uh, I feel like, I mean, especially this, this episode, we're talking about movies that have been out for a decade or more. Um, yeah, so we're talking about Bhadram, which is a Sandoshiman-directed kind of supernatural film. This is, this is going to be another episode of our Supernatural series. And I remember watching Anandabhadram a decade ago. It came out in 2005. And to me, it was, it was never clear what this movie was about. And re-watching it, I still don't understand what this movie was about. It is very erratic. The tones shift all over the place. To give you a summary of the movie, is that Prithviraj plays a young boy whose mother runs away from this village because there's some family obligations and worship practices that would have basically made her... A goddess and and she wouldn't have been able to marry and she was already in love with somebody and so she wanted to marry this person so she ran away with him they had a life in america she's she t- tells her little son that you know when she dies she wants her ashes to be taken back to her hometown and so Prithviraj comes back to kerala to his hometown to do the the ceremonies that his mother requested after her death and there he encounters his ancestral family, uh, his mother's family, their unique practices involves a lot of snake worship, which we've covered in a previous episode. This is another film where snake worship plays a central theme. There's this other family that practices black magic, and and the current sort of black magic practitioner in the family is is played by Manoj K.J., and and uh, he's trying to capture the magical powers of Rajas family. And so that's the central conflict.
1: And and from what I gathered, you know, being subtitled, he wants immortality and uses this magic to, to try to gain that.
0: Uh, yeah, if you say so, I believe you, <laughs> because it wasn't clear <laughs> to me that's what was happening in the movie. I did catch the part about bringing... Uh, kavi Manan's older sister character, back to life. He was in love with her, but he somehow accidentally strangulated her. Accidentally. Um, accidentally strangulated her and kind of has her in like a cryopreservation chamber, I would say. It's a, <laughs> with sac- sacred oils. With sacred oils. It's oils, but like basically think of cryopreservation. And so he's also using another girl in the village as sort of a... Vessel for I, I don't know what, what he was doing with her, but there was a lot of creepiness to the things he was doing with her. He was at some point gonna have sex with her to gain immortality. Is that what was happening? No, it's it's <laughs> the
1: it's the opposite. She if if he has sex with a woman, he becomes an ordinary man oh. and has no more powers. Okay. So at the end, Bama uh-huh. Who, who is the daughter of the character played by Kalabov and Mani. Their brother been, and sister. Yeah. Um, yeah. Her, her brother, who has been blinded by this black magic magician, mm-hmm. they're trying to defeat him as well. And at the end, she goes to sacrifice herself to have sex with him so that he will lose his powers, but I don't think it really works. And he's got, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He's got a magic toe. Yes, 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 he he does have a magic toe. I
0: remember that.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to be laughing, but when you when you sort of say it like that out of context to the film, um, but he does have a couple of, Menoj Kajan does have a couple of times where he threatens to squash people. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Uh,
0: this and is despite... this is an audio medium, but Catherine is losing it and she is turning the red from holding in the laughter. And you know, I didn't
1: laugh in the film.
0: No, I didn't either. I was just like, "What is going on?" a lot of the time. But it's also very
1: obvious that it's a central Shivan film.
0: Yes, because it's very beautifully shot. And the uh, song, Pinnakamano, it, it has its references to Raja my paintings. I mean, you know, I realize why this movie has never stuck with me is because I don't know what's going on. But also because the one thing I do love about this movie is is some of the songs. Like, I have the songs, yep. in, uh, you know, on my playlist because... The, the songs are beautiful and it just doesn't hold up the the movie doesn't hold up to what the songs kind of promise
1: no the songs are are gorgeous and gorgeous like even i was reading for that 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 one song based on the 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 paintings how they actually did the makeup for Prithviraj and um kavya Madhavan, in a way that would reflect an oil painting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like the the you know, and it's, I mean, he he wasn't supposed to direct the film. It was supposed to be... Um, Sabo Cyril. Sabo Cyril, and I don't know why there was a change. He ended up directing it, but he's also the cinematographer on the film. And that's like, you see the use of, of color and particularly his use of ref- reflective surfaces and light, you know, mirrors and water. And, you know, if there's a primer for his cinematography, you know, th- it hits all those beats. And the use of color, too, because uh, one of the things I read was that he was also inspired not only by, you know, uh, Raja Ravi Varma's paintings, but by traditional dance and traditional martial arts. So that's why that's why when you get Manoj K. Jayan's character sort of leaping around, that's martial arts inspired, Kerala martial arts inspired. Yeah, it's uh,
0: Kaleri is is the martial arts. Um, and, you know, we see a bit more of a fully formed version of this later on in Santo Shivan's Urumi. We get, we get a lot more martial arts. This is a much smaller film. It's obviously shot on a much smaller budget. And, you know, when you get into like the whole traditional Taravada aspect of this movie, this is the kind of movie that we would in this present age we would laugh about like the, the old gardener, the head of the household and, and these archaic traditions that i guess in that in 2005 it still had some sort of hold over the malayali population but it strikes as awkward to us you know the the in 2005 like we have this character who's coming from sunnyvale california <laughs> Still got an Indian accent, somehow still is okay falling in love with his cousin after having grown up in America and says things like interesting to everything. Oh my God, yes. You know what
1: I thought? This is like, you know, his character in Nandanam? Yes, this is the
0: the same character.
1: (laughs) Right down to his glib little English. Interesting, very interesting, you know, and trying to be sort of the light flirty guy and it just doesn't fall right.
0: Yeah, no, it doesn't. And I, I agree with you. When I was watching this recently, I was thinking, this is the same character as Nandanam, but somehow like it, it the the movie doesn't hold up despite his performance. I, I think Nandanam has a has is a much stronger film, so we can kind of excuse his awkward characterization compared to in this movie where It really stuck out to me like a sore thumb. But then a lot of things in this movie stuck out to me as awkward.
1: I do think he fares a little better when he's supposed to be possessed
0: by our black magic wizard. Yes, yes, I agree.
1: And I could see sort of shades of how Manoj Jayan was playing his character and how that came... Maybe Maybe I'm projecting, but it did seem to come through when Prit Faraj was playing being possessed by that character. I think that he comes off better there.
0: And I think we 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 agree that Pathiraj does menacing really well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and that's I mean at that point he's supposed to be possessed so he is menacing and he's, you know, I mean he's killing a policeman and he's 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 I mean it's sort of they're all looking at him going what's going on and I'm like can you not tell he's possessed? Look. The difference between how his character normally is and how he is when he's possessed is so stark.
0: You know, I was thinking one of the things I was thinking as I was watching this movie was like, it reminded me a bit of a Telugu movie. In some ways, in just like the sheer amount of comedy uncles surrounding him in every scene where something serious has happened, like every scene something bad happens, then the next beat is comedy uncles. It's too like because they, they don't want to commit to the real darkness of the story and comedy
1: uncles accompanied by like horn sound effects yes (laughs) and quite honestly like you mentioned it was 2005 film and when i went to write down the date i i was looking in the 90s for this film because it does have a, a feel of some of those things that were being made in the 90s
0: yeah, it's it's definitely a throwback, even for 2005. The very 2005 aspect of this movie is everybody's hair has a hint of brown. <laughs> <laughs> like, why is Vijay Mallya's beard and his hair a little bit brown? I'm so sorry to, but I can't remember the name of the non Malayali actress who plays Bama, the girl who kind of sacrifices herself. Ria uh, and she's only in this movie so this camera can kind of gawk at her and like Manoj H. K. can do some weird sexual things to her and she doesn't get to talk at all. I, I feel very uncomfortable with her character. I think you know maybe that uh, this is one of those things that I remember from watching this movie is how uncomfortable I was with her character they couldn't commit to maybe come, uh, some of the more sexual aspects of black magic. And, and they, they didn't feel comfortable having a Malayali actress in that role. So they kind of like beat around the bush in a lot of ways and cast a non-Malayali actress in the role. Yeah, and I
1: mean, the, the camera, the use of the camera angles when she arrives to seduce him, like it's really tight face. Can- like they, you know, yeah, they, they didn't, well, they couldn't go there. Because they never would have got it past the certification board, but yeah, I see what you're saying, and I and I think I agree with that that they just couldn't commit to the dark bits, which is a shame because I think the mix here for me, I mean, there was a lot I had to go and look up and read about, so I like I like that like if a movie's going to make me go and think a bit you know, like the use of the, of the martial arts and the use of the dance and the use of the colors. One of the things with this film is that it's kind of got a lot of everything we've been talking about. You've got black magic, you've got the snake worship. There's a mention of Yakshi at, even at one point, but, but that's just that, that sort of dropped in there and it goes nowhere. I actually love that opening sequence. Where it's the young boy with, um, Revati playing his mother.
0: Revati looks so beautiful in this, in that, in yeah. those scenes
1: too. And the whole story she's telling about, you know, the lamps talk to each other. I, you know, I was expecting something different based on that setup, but then, you know, the film brings that back around to the end where you know, fresh talks to Kavya Madhavan about, about how the lamps are talking to them. But it, I mean, it's just such a shame that like there are all these great things in it or things that they're trying to reference in it. And a lot of it doesn't work.
0: Yeah, I think one of the things I had a hard time with this movie is I couldn't understand a lot of the plot lines, but I also couldn't understand the rules of the supernatural in this movie because it kind of did whatever the plot needed it to do at the moment and i think we can say for you know what, whether it was ezra whether it was sappaka the 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 other movies we did understand the rules of the supernatural in those movies and i think maybe that's something is very fundamental to a good supernatural movie is the the world has to have some parameters otherwise
1: and and consistent parameters consistent
0: parameters and Otherwise, we're left wondering, well, why can't this happen? Why can't that happen? Like, why is this happening? And so that that is definitely something I, I I've taken away from the series of movies that we've watched
1: together. Yeah, and I I did have more questions, like, why does the astrologer have to die?
0: Yeah, I don't need, I don't know.
1: Like, he wants to stop the evil wizard guy, but is that enough to kill him right at that moment? And then. I, you know, I was delighted to see Bijou Menon turn up, and then he ends up dead.
0: Yeah, I thought there was going to be some twist at the end where he takes away Bahama's character or something like that away from all of this. As I was watching it, I was like, oh, no, he's dead. That's not going to happen. Well, and
1: his character arrives at a point where he's the one who understands what's going on, and he's trying to work to stop our black magician.
0: He, yeah, to me, he seemed like the Dr. Sunny character in... Yes. ...in uh, in Manjototaria. So I thought there was going to be something like that, but no, he ends up dead.
1: What? You bring him in and now he's dead? So yeah, again, but not stuff that kind of bothered me at the time of watching. more More now as we're talking and more afterwards making some notes, like looking at kind of missed opportunities. And also you have... You know, you have this thing that's set up that says he will lose his powers and become an ordinary man if a woman sleeps with him. But also, he will lose his powers if you slice off his magic toe that has the snake jewel ring on it. So which is it, folks? Is it one? Is it both?
0: I think at the beginning of the movie, he does say something about if he sleeps with a woman on a particular night, then he will become stronger. But then if not, see, I don't, don't know. So I'll just be quiet. I don't know the rules of this
1: game. <laughs> That's what it boils down to. It, it's, there's a lot of really interesting details. There's a lot of really pretty stuff to look at. But when you sit down to start analyzing it through, you're right. The rules here are not laid out well and they're not laid out consistently, which is too bad because I think, you know, there's a framework here of a really interesting kind of supernatural film, even despite them not embracing the dark as much.
0: Kabyamadhan's character seems... I mean, the, there's there's a story in here where the Bhama character and the Padra character could have been one person. It didn't make sense to me that they were two people, except that they didn't want Kabyamadhan and the actress to be doing some of the things that Bhama ended up doing. Because she has he, she had a wholesome image. And I feel like maybe when this the role was played by Mia Jasmine, a, who has a lot more of the edge of it as an actress. Maybe this was one character. That actually
1: makes some sense to me. Because there is a point where Prithviraj is possessed and he keeps wanting to take her to the, the cave. And it's very ominous and, and dark. And like, why do you need her? Like, there's something about have to you link, you have to link your fingers in order to for the little snake to appear. And I... I I don't understand,
0: yeah, only the goddess can take him into the cave, but to be but she hasn't become the goddess yet. so it's not clear to me how she can still take him to the cave. there we go <laughs> we we don't understand we don't understand, but yeah, there's something in here where I feel like the Bhama and the above characters were one one person eventually at some point and they had to split it into two roles because of Gavi mother and not being comfortable doing some of the things she does look very beautiful i mean like we don't like her on this pod (laughs) for
1: for 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 reasons for reasons not be
0: named but she like her eyes are so big and well you know like the movie really highlights her the the things about her that are very beautiful and and she looks beautiful in finna but you know she's not she's not a super strong actress so I don't have a lot more to say about her in this movie. No, uh, but
1: one of the other things that that did that I did think was like a strong point, and I hinted at this when I when I mentioned you know the opening with Revity, is this idea of stories, and that's that's the thing that's come out for me over the course of this series, is how very much the importance of traditional stories, of stories told by your mother, stories told by your grandmother, stories rooted in your community. And at one point, I wrote this down, because Badre um, says to Anandan, Um, So Badri is Kavya Madhavan's character and Andan is Prithviraj's character. She says, my dear American, this is why it is said that even if advances in science are soaring beyond the skies, there is still belief and religion that is planted deep in the earth. So this whole, you know, when we started as well the series with a film that contrasted sort of modern scientific ideas with older traditional ideas. And these are the things that also play out in, many of these films we've been watching. And that actually, I love that. And I, I, I love the idea that traditional stories are just as important as sort of modern scientific approach to the world.
0: Yeah, and, uh, you know, we used to re- I read in the Wikipedia article that a lot of these kinds of stories come from Santo Shivan's own upbringing, and this is the kind of stories he heard growing up. And I I, I do get that feeling that he kind of mixed in a lot of the sort of disparate stories that he had heard about snake worship, maybe, or uh, supernatural practices, uh, you know, fairy tales or old wives tales that he had heard. And, And maybe that is why it became so convoluted. Because a lot of the times when you hear old wives tales, they don't have particular rules in their magic. They're just like, this magical thing happens and this magical thing happens. And, you know, it's not like the way magic works and, you know, like a fantasy series or something where there's uh, firm rules. Paranormal films or supernatural films, it helps always to make the rule, the internal logic of those movies, of the supernatural in those movies explicit, because otherwise it's very confusing and you don't understand why something can't happen. For the convenience of plot, like, if there's magic, why why, do, why can't you do magic to solve this problem? And that's what I took away from bhadram
1: Yeah, and, and I think my takeaway was the idea of the traditional stories. And that gets us to leap next into the next film we're going to talk about, Agam.
0: Uh, Agam, based on the novel Yakshi by Malayatur.
1: Now I have I have actually read the novel and I watched the 19 was it 1968 film based on it which sticks fairly close to the plot. This film directed by Shalini Ushanire from 2013, I think. It it takes its inspiration from that, but it diverges a lot. Do you want to do a plot summary?
0: Sure. The film was. I think shot somewhere, uh, released somewhere between 2011 and 2013 and had a couple of different releases. It's about a man played by Fahad Fasal, the internet's uh, beloved actor. (laughs) This is still, uh, we're still in very early parts of his career. He is playing a kind of urban young man um, with urban young men job, works in an office, has a... uh, love interest, who it seems like, you know, they're pretty serious. He actually gets hit on by his boss at work. And he's very very, uh, confident that, you know, he's going to stick with the girl he has. And then he gets into an accident. His face is scarred. So it's almost like the Phantom of the Opera kind of scarring. And his partner leaves him. And he's depressed. He's, his life has changed. He, he's having a hard time with his mobility. And he meets a woman played by animal. And she's in a lot of ways very different from the girlfriend that left him. She doesn't have the same urban vibes that his ex-partner had. She's always dressed in a sari and and she speaks very softly in a very pleasing way and and they get married and he begins to have these paranoid notions that she's trying to kill him and that she might be a yikshi because he never kind of meets her family even though she talks about having a grandmother She comes to him at nighttime, even though most women in in Kerala don't go out at nighttime like that. So all these things are making him feel like she's going to kill me. She's a yakshi.
1: I'm actually curious what you felt about this film, except maybe actually maybe we should take a step back. But maybe we should talk about yakshis and what yakshis are and the whole folklore around them before we get into this a little more.
0: The first time I ever heard about Yeyakshi was watching Manitutathara, which is funny because I watched it when I was three. And my brother would use tom 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 to scare me when I was little. <laughs> he would just say tom 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 and I would run away. But because my brother was doing that, we, we are from southern Kerala, so we, we have um, Yeyakshi traditions. My grandfather actually did tell us Yekshi stories coming from the fact that my brother was using Manishu attire to scare me. And, you know, they are stories about them living in date ponds. They're a supernatural entity. They accost men who are traveling alone at night. And they are always wearing white saris. And their hair is always out. Uh, very long, beautiful hair. You know, very alluring, siren-like figure. And the, she either drinks blood like a vampire or she eats them, unclear <laughs> what she, exactly she does. And she lives in date palms and atticamitms, uh, which is is uh, it's like a thing that you, you have in like Bon. and there you know these are le- trees that are found in Kerala. It's a very common belief. I'm sure it comes from the fact that, it was a way to keep men from doing foolish things at night <laughs> and to keep them at home with their families and that is what i believe those the stories originated from obviously there's also all these through lines in all of these stories from different cultures about women's sexuality and and the danger of that and women who are too alluring being dangerous uh, that that's almost uh, universal, those kind of stories.
1: And actually, one of the things that I thought of when I first heard about yakshis were in East Asian um, folklore. You have the nine-tailed fox,
0: uh-huh.
1: and it's a similar, it's a similar kind of thing. It's a woman who might eat your liver. But what fascinates me is that I could start rattling off so many movies and TV shows and mangas that are based around the nine-tailed fox. And I would have thought there would have been more... Certainly, I can find untranslated stories online about yakshis. Because, it, you know, it being a f- part of folklore, there are stories that are told to people. But I'm surprised there aren't more films about them.
0: Now, I feel that there are so many.
1: Oh, really? Well, then I'm not finding them. That's then that's, that's the issue. I'm not finding them.
0: So... The 9 Fox, for all the Westerners like me who aren't as familiar with the Korean culture, we, we know it best from Lovecraft Country, where Jamie Chung plays a character who is a 9 Fox, who, who our main character meets during the Korean War. And for me, I feel like a lot of the Yekshi content I consumed as a kid, uh, it wasn't so much that, you know, there actually were yakshis in the movie, it's stuff like Manjita the Arya, where mo- the Yakshi is kind of, the problem is a bigger issue made, you know, put into the figure of a supernatural being. Obviously, we're going to talk about some of these other movies that have Yakshis coming up, including in the Sundam Janaki could be, which has Chanja playing a very creepy Yakshi, very beloved but creepy Yakshi. Um, I feel like there's a lot of Yakshi movies out there.
1: Okay, then I would like a list.
0: Okay, yeah, well, I will definitely give you a list of all the yekshi movies. I'm not saying a lot of them are, you know, Mansetsutari is a yekshi movie. I, I don't know if you figured that out. No, too. I didn't. It it is a yekshi movie. It's always been considered a Yikshi movie because yekshis are all often uh, supposed to be women who had um, tragic deaths and who come back to haunt the people who wronged them, which are often men. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so yakshis are a combination of like of a combination of vampires and ghosts. So, in Hindi, I guess they're called chudails, which is often translated as witch. But their the, chudails are more yekshi than anything else. And we have the movie that came out recently on Netflix that are about chudails.
1: Okay, so this and this then comes down to we had a whole back channel discussion on another subject, but it's obviously a place where I am missing the culture context to pick up on it unless you explicitly tell me what this is. Okay. So Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. That makes and that now makes sense to me too, that I am I am probably missing out on what are really good Yakshi movies because I'm not viewing it through that lens.
0: Bulbul is the movie I'm thinking of. It was really good. Yes, Uh, It's a Hindi movie and it has a yakshi character. Obviously, it has, you know, there's regional variations, but a chudel is basically the same thing as a yakshi.
1: See, that's what I liked about the little short film that I suggested you watch as well, because it very succinctly summed up And it gave me, you know, when I went searching for yakshi films, there it was because it's in the title. Not a man traveling at night, but a man traveling alone. Um, Mm -hmm. The idea of uh, nailing the yakshi into the tree, it has that idea in it. And of course, you know, here I am spoiling again, but the the point is he knocks the nail out of the tree and that's what frees the yakshi.
0: And in Manishitatharya, we have the same concept of locking the spirit in the room. So when Shobana becomes, you know, possessed by this person or by this spirit, she becomes a yakshi. She becomes capable of doing supernatural things because of the possession. A lot of female possession movies can basically be considered yakshi movies. That's ho- That's helpful. And I looked up Chudel movies and there's a bunch more recent movies like Chudel's Story, which I've never heard of. <laughs> but you can watch it on Amazon Prime.
1: You see, now that I have a better perspective of this, I'm going to have a good time going back and, and watching these things and thinking from this perspective. Because my, my limited, like if I, I'm searching for Yakshi and I'm getting a film that's Yakshi, I'm getting like Akam, And I think that's probably where I first heard of it. And I, and I went and got the book and read it before I saw the film.
0: And the word Yakshi means something different in the rest of India compared to in Kerala. Um, where we explicitly are talking about this um, supernatural, almost vampiric being.
1: Yeah, and there are a couple of films that emphasize the women's sexuality, but more as from the man's perspective than from the women's perspective. And I find that kind of frustrating because it ends up being kind of like a softcore porn.
0: Yes, there's a ton of Malayalam movies. Yekshi, Faithfully Yours. Yeah.
1: That <laughs> yeah, that was the one I was thinking of which i which I watched, <laughs> but yeah, and i find I find those frustrating because I do find the core story about the Akshi and about women's sexuality and women's power in a supernatural form. I find that a very interesting story, and that's why I like kind of the nine tailed Fox or the gumiho in in korean those those stories exist in China and Japan as well. Because they often take the, the perspective of, yes, this is a supernatural creature and can be frightening, but they explore it more from that character's perspective or, or they give us a different perspective on that character. It's not just sexual. But back to Occam, though, I I found the... F- I don't know what to make of it. I mean, it's very clearly an art house indie festival kind of film, which is usually my wheelhouse. But I, f- I find it a little bit impenetrable at times.
0: Yes. I know it's minimalistic yeah. on purpose, but I think we could have connected with both of these characters more if there was much more richness. I, once again, I, the thing that kept uh, my interest the most in this movie was every time Srinivas talked to his friend who was kind of helping him through his depression, who was counseling him on how his, his feeling paranoia towards his wife, um, as well as uh, both Ragni animals character, animal yes animals yep. character and uh, Fad Fazal's characters interactions with their neighbors, where uh, there's it's an older woman and a younger man and they're kind of talking about what their age difference. Do you think what do you think is their age difference? And you know they, their neighbors go through a pregnancy. I think once again Malayalam movies are often best when our uh, main characters are in the context of. The larger society, it's very isolating, I guess, when it's just the two people together. And I, I realize that that's probably true. the director is trying to add to that sense of increasing paranoia because it's two these two young people trying to make a life together in this in a city without the context yeah. of family to really give them guidance and them as a married couple living with his parents or her parents and that's kind of adding to his paranoia because he's not having other people around him to validate oh yes she's a human being she's she's real she she has these people who care about her the things she's doing that you think are weird are just her normal human characteristics but it makes you feel unrooted and i guess that's that's kind of what why um Trini's character feels as isolated as he does.
1: And I was trying to take that into consideration as well. But there were moments when, you know, at, at, the, at the beginning where he's before the accident, and then he has the accident, and then suddenly he's married to this woman. And I, I was like, well, wait a minute. We have nothing to hang on to about how did he meet her? What happened since the accident? Except he's no longer with the woman he was before the accident. CK, who's his boss as well as the the one he confides in, is eventually the one that tells us her story about how she has no family or she did have the grandmother, but why she is so alone. Except I I do think like a lot of the film it's very yellow and Animal's character often wears yellow. And yellow is a color often used in film to denote things like mental illness, or deception. So I don't think those things were accidental. I think this was a filmmaker saying this woman may appear deceptive to him because he doesn't know enough about her and he's paranoid and he has this these sort of mental issues that he's working through. But I felt so unrooted at times that I didn't have a lot to hang on to. And yet I was still intrigued.
0: Yeah, I found it a bit hard to get through this movie to be honest. <laughs> You know the thing that did keep me is I really like Animal yes. and whenever she's on screen, she has that. As I as I mentioned in our discussion about Vidi Vardhaka, she has this coldness on screen that makes her a great candidate to be a Yekshi, and, and maybe that's what what we're supposed to pick up on on screen as well in this movie. It's just I I really wish there was more for me to hang on to this. Yeah,
1: I think in trying to make it very minimalistic, it stripped out a lot of the the story that we needed. Like there are a lot of gaps and leaps. And I'm being I'm trying to be generous and to say that that's intentional, but even yeah. if it's intentional, you'd still have to give your audience something to to grasp onto to stick with the story. I've watched it like about 4 times now and it's
0: still impenetrable.
1: <laughs> Exactly. I love the ending. Me
0: too. It's very Ophelia, yeah.
1: and that's the moment where she's 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 wearing a traditional Kerala sari, but it's white yes. with the gold trim. But it's white, and it's the first time we see we see her in white, which is sort of what the yakshi is supposed to wear. Um, yeah. But it's it's absolutely gorgeous where she walks into the pond and then floats.
0: And, and it's it's a very clear reference to the, the Ophelia painting. Yep. And maybe, you know, once again, it's, uh, I, I mean, at the end, I kind of got the point that this was a woman who was victimized by a man's insecurities and paranoias. You know, that image kind of made it explicit if, for people yep. who are familiar with the painting. But yeah, up until that point, it wasn't uh, quite clear to me.
1: No, but, and it's, there are many things that are not clear. Like, there's a point where he is supposed to have gravely injured her.
0: And how did she recover?
1: And CK says, oh, it was terrible, it was terrible. Takes him to see her, and she's fine. And I, I wasn't clear if this was all in Srini's imagination, or his, you know, part of his manifestation of his illness, or his insecurities, or that, none of that was really clear. And it was so unclear that I, like, I just couldn't grab onto it. But the ending is beautiful. The ending is gorgeous.
0: Yes, it is. And I guess it's the only thing where I actually understood what was going on. (laughs) So uh, it was like, oh, I know the painting this is from. And I know what that painting symbolizes.
1: And that's another one of the moments that makes me think that there was more intent here. Like, I do think the use of the yellow is intentional to drive home the point of, you know, either his illness or her deception and or her deception. Like, let us think about this. So, yeah, I'm willing to be more forgiving of the film because there is intention there. But it does. It does. How many times can I say impenetrable?
0: I think this, I mean, I know we've already had a movie about the Yakshi novel, based off the Yakshi novel. And one of the things that um, I think this movie kind of highlighted is, I've heard, now I've not read the book, but somebody, uh, I've read some, uh, somewhere on the internet that the mo- the novel itself is surprisingly urban. Yes. Um. Even though it's based off this old folktale and the the fact that this movie kind of highlights the increasing isolation of urbanism, yep. it really is one of the things I pulled away as I read more about this, more about the actual original Yixi story. I think this is still ripe for another interpretation from maybe a less minimalistic director. And, you know, I think it would, it could definitely be a more... And I would actually like to keep, keep Animal as as the actually because I think she she had a lot to offer. Fahad Fasul was kind of doing his Fahad Fasul thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, this is not... I didn't really care for him in this film, because I don't think he was even doing a great job of doing his thing. And for... I mean, again, that's just my my impression. But I've seen him do his thing so much better that...
0: Yeah, I, I really didn't. He really didn't bring a lot of depth. Again, this is very early in his career. Yes. Yeah. So he's obviously not had enough experience at this point, maybe to bring a lot of depth to again a very stripped down, minimalistic character. And the Phantom of the Opera makeup was really not helping. Yeah,
1: it w- it was a bit much.
0: Because um... it just looked like like a port wine birthmark, but just on the half side of his face. It didn't really give me a lot to work with in terms of like his depicting his physical pain. But one of the things um,
1: I noticed was the casting was done by Gitu Mohandas. And I'm assuming that's the same Gitu Mohandas, the director now.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know that. But it kind of makes sense because all the female directors in Malayalam cinema seem to be really tight with each other because there's so few of them.
1: And I think, you know, the fact that it is her probably meant she saw something in this project and in the people that were cast in it to bring to this. I mean, certainly in Animal.
0: Yes. And and once again, can we talk about how few chances Anumol has gotten? I really get the feeling that she's not somebody who's super interested in playing the game in Malayalam cinema, and that's why she hasn't gotten as many chances, because I think she just got this move. What we say in Malayalam is, which means... Somebody who has a very Malayali face, Ooh. and I think she has she has a lot of lot to offer in terms as an actress. But maybe it's the lack of warmth on screen that has stopped her from really being a much more mainstream actress. Because we see her in stuff like Vidi Vidi we see her in uh, Agam, but not in more mainstream movies. And I, I, you know, I I think she does stage plays as well. But oh, it's interesting cause to see how how much work she's done, even though. We haven't seen her you know the last thing we saw her in is
1: yeah i and i like her i'm like you i i would like to see more of her i mean surely there has to be a but again if you're if you're not into playing the game that already puts you at a disadvantage for getting the roles but yeah i would like to see more of her
0: Oh, this is interesting. I'm just looking at uh, one of the movies where she had a main, um, main role was in this movie called Padmini, where, which is about a female painter from Kerala. Mm. So, you know, that's something we sh- uh, I I would be interested in checking out. I would love to see her play like a torture artist and the <laughs> lead character. Because <laughs> I, I feel like she has a, uh, like, her persona is very tortured artist. Yeah.
1: Whether she's playing a prostitute or a yakshi or a... Like there, there is that, that what you describe as kind of a coldness, a reserve. Yeah. Yeah. We should make a note to watch more of her films.
0: We should. And, and yes, I think we should do an underappreciated <laughs> actors uh, episode.
1: I'm up for that. I'm up for that. It's one of the things I noted down as a direction we should maybe go in.
0: I don't have a lot more to say about this movie. I think it's not a great addition to the yakshi filmography in uh, malayalam cinema but i promise you catherine there was a lot <laughs> um and actually there's one coming out uh, ashikabu is doing one called nila velicham yes that one i did pick up
1: on i'm very excited for that if you send me a better list of films i will add it into show notes so that i and others who are interested in the idea of the yakshi can go and watch and think because I do think it's a really interesting idea that I would like to learn more about.
0: And for people who like music, the Balisagu uh, song "Nuri" has a yakshi in it as well. The entire It's a very beautiful music video. It's a yakshi just like floating around an urban city at night. I, I think for people who are interested in the concept of yakshis, they'd really like it. For people who already know about yakshis, I think this is... We don't think about these things and go, Oh yeah, that's a yakshi. In our head that's already a yakshi, like to know whatever yeah. your culture calls that kind of being.
1: Yeah, and culturally I don't have something like that. So maybe that's why it's a pull for me. It's also because it's women and and how you interpret certain women's roles. And I mean I mean the best I could say is we have we have witches, which is not ex- yeah. not exactly the same thing, but but connected in terms of women's, you know, status and place in society and, and how women who don't conform are viewed.
0: Yes. And going back to Manasur the one time we actually get the idea that this might be a yakshi is there is actually that scene at night where the servants are like, are scared by seeing a woman in a white sari with the long hair that, that again is, is a yakshi. Yeah.
1: And that went right over my head. That's why we're here. <laughs> <laughs> we're here to learn. We're here to learn and we're here to help. <laughs> so do you want to talk about what we're going to do next time? Because we're going to do one more episode of Supernatural.
0: Yes, we're going to do a another episode with my favorite yakshi movie in the Sundam Janagi Kuti with Jomo and Chanjo. Chanjo, who kind of got famous for her hazel eyes and... That made her a very good yakshi because, it, it, you know, it's not a color that you, you see often in, uh, in Malays. And, and we'll be talking about Mailpilikawa, A Haunted House Story. And we will be talking about a movie I haven't actually seen yet, uh, Buddha Kalam with Revedi and Shane Nigam. Thanks for listening to the Poland Empathy
1: podcast. If you like what you're hearing, remember to come back for our next episode and share our
0: podcast with your friends. If you'd like to connect with us, you can email us at polandidapatii at gmail.com or reach out to us on our Twitter feed at polandidapatii. See you next time.